0: So this cave. This thing is unexplored. The shaft goes way down. Ready?
1: Let's see at the bottom. What do you reckon?
0: Let's check it out.
1: No one knows we're down here, right? Does anyone have service? It's only a short swim.
0: You're on Energy Groove Radio. This is Arvos. My name's Brad with you until 5pm. Now, Blackwater Abyss is out now through selected cinemas across the US, the UK and Australia and is also due to be released on Video On Demand tomorrow. And I do believe it will have a DVD and Blu-ray release too. So if you're a fan of creature features, if you love your Aussie horror or if you just want to support some good old Aussie cinema, then make sure you check out Blackwater Abyss. It is the sequel to the 2007 smash hit Blackwater. Now, the director of the film, Andrew Trauke, joins me on the line now to talk about the film. Andrew,
1: how are you? Good, mate. yourself?
0: Yeah, not too bad. Thank you. Uh, Congratulations on the sequel to Blackwater. It's a ripper of a film, and I'm glad to see the crocodiles back. Um, I understand that this, uh, (laughs) obviously, it's been a long time between drinks uh, with the crocodiles. Tell us about um, how the development of this sequel began.
1: Sure. Um, Well, look, it was because the first one was quite successful um, and then um, the producer I'd worked with, he teamed up with another producer and that producer said, oh, look, I've got this really good uh, script, a crocodile script, um, and it's, you know, let's um, sort of make it a sequel to Andrew's film and get him to direct it. And that's sort of how I came on board. They already had a script and they said, we want you to direct this. And so I went, sure. Yeah.
0: And how different is it, um, I guess, directing something that's loosely kind of uh, spiritually yours, um, but you didn't write it Mm. yourself?
1: That's a very good question. It's quite different. I mean, when you don't write something like... Obviously, when I write my scripts, I've spent a year writing them and I, I know them inside out. I'm in- very intimate with them and being a director as well, I'm always thinking, will this fly or not? Um, so having a script that was just presented to me, um, you know, there was a quite a, about a year or so when where we just did script revisions and we talked and we tried to get... I felt more in a space that I was comfortable with, um, so yeah, it, w- it was a quite a different process. I mean, it's always very different when it's your baby, you're that it, you know, as opposed to someone uh, giving you a script. But ultimately, I wanted to make sure both films were really good and scary and a ride. So um, you get to a point where that's all you're focused on. Well, that's all I was focused on, and and so at some point, that script, although it's not yours, does become yours, and and you have to give it everything you can.
0: Yeah. Was the script, did you require any changes for it to have that black water flavour? Or were you quite happy with the script, how it was presented to you?
1: No, no, there were a lot of changes because um, what was presented to me originally was much more of an action film. And, um, I'm, and, and like I've got this, you know, sort of uh, a definite belief that if you're going to do action, you probably want a 20 or 50 or or $100 million film to do, you know, compete with Hollywood. Mm. So you've really got to... If you're going to make a smaller film, you've got to be much more about the psychology and the and the suspense rather than the action. Because action costs a lot of money, you know. You're going to blow something up, you've got to close streets and get permits and all that sort of stuff. Whereas suspense um, is all in the viewer's mind, and it's just really delaying the the action and playing with that anticipation. So the working on the script is really a lot about getting it from a more of an action film into more of a suspense film, which is where I wanted it. Mm.
0: Now, Blackwater Abyss is about friends exploring a remote cave system in northern Australia, but they find themselves threatened and trapped Mm -hmm. by a vicious crocodile or crocodiles. Mm -hmm. Um, Now, Blackwater was a similar kind of story, and then you followed it up with the reef, which um, Mm -hmm. was brilliant, and then you had the jungle, all involving nature turning against man. (laughs) Um, What, I guess, I just want to pick your brain as to what your fascination is with... um, you know, yeah. creatures and nature and man's fighting for survival. Sure,
1: sure, sure. sure. Yeah, no, that's a very good question. I have to say, to be totally honest, I have been a little bit pigeon or crocodile hold, and so now I'm that guy that's <laughs> where everyone comes to me. I have written comedies, I have written other things, but okay. it just seems these films are the ones that people finance financing for. So that's a disclaimer. But the actual reality is that I also love... Um, Not so much animal horror, but just thrills that are survival-based, like anything that's got a a a bit of truth to it and is a survival story where I can sit there and go, "Ooh, what would I do?" I I really like those sort of stories, and so um, what appeals to me about this genre is you've got that and. What you've also got is you've got, um, like I like to believe, you know, uh, what I call the big bad, the, the villain, if you want to call it that, in the piece has to be uh, really believable and and uh, just you know going to go for you and 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 something so dangerous that the audience is really scared of, and these films provide that without me having to do a whole bunch of character development around some psychopath or something like that. So um, yeah, no, I, I I just like survival thrillers. Um, there's this great book called. Um, uh, Deep Survival, which is, you know, the book I always turn to when I have to try and refresh my mind about what it's like to try and survive a, a very um, a near-death experience. And and so, I, yeah, anything to do with sitting there going, ooh, what would I do? This is, you know, all about survival. I quite like those stories.
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I do appreciate a survival story as well as a bit of a creature feature. Do you have any particular films mm-hmm. um, that stick out to you that you have, um, I guess, have a
1: fondness for? Um, Well, look, you know, obviously everyone has to refer to Jaws because it was the film that made The Box Office, and Mm. it's a great film, but, you know, again, it was based on a best-selling book, so you start off with a pretty damn good script, so that's that's the obvious reference, and there's a whole bunch of stuff that you can look at um, to see how these are done. But to tell you the truth, I, I refer more to survival films such as Touching the Void, which is a great documentary, and um, films of that ilk, because to me that sort of questions what you would do in a situation. And for me, the creature is more just a great, you know, not, not wanting to use the word incorrectly, but villain. So that, that provides the impetus um, but yeah, it's more the survival, the survival aspect to it. I mean, I really enjoyed that, but it's not, it's not really a creature feature film. It's more a survival. film. I enjoyed Open Water a lot because I yeah. thought that was, you know, a really harrowing experience. I mean, it was very lo fi uh, but you know, I didn't mind that, and it was just what would I do in mean, a situation? So anything where I'm in those sort of situations is more what I'm going for rather than some big, huge, horrible monster um, animal trying to devour me.
0: Yeah. Um, mm. In this particular instance, they're in a cave. Um, logistically, uh, mm. walk us through the production mm. process for this. Where do you begin? Because I understand that the cave was a set that mm. you built. Um, you didn't go to, yeah. to a physical cave yeah. this time.
1: Yeah, no, No. that's a very good question too because, uh, you know, when you're on the low budget films, you've got to go, where am I going to put my money to get the best? you know, look and feel for this film. And, you know, originally we wanted to use a a, a real cave because that would be so authentic, but there's no no cave system we could find in in Australia similar to that. So it became a build, and that was a huge part of the film because it was a significant build. Like, in the end, it was, um, I think, the water, the the pool. So we built a a pool and then we built walls around it. It was, you know, 250 tonnes of water. Now, that's a lot of pressure. So if we got a single pinhole in that wall it'd be spurting across the studio and and so yeah it, it really did become a dominant thing this build where you know we had to delay the shoot cause the build wasn't ready and, and it became a major factor so um it, it, it's you know much much more preferable in my mind if you can find the natural location not only for the authenticity but just for the ease of making new things but it wasn't the case and um so yeah we've we got this huge uh, pool and put walls around it and and filmed it in there. Was
0: that shoot more challenging, do you think, than the original Blackwater, which looked like it was shot pretty
1: much all on location? Yeah, no, they're all challenging. It's water, you know, <laughs> water. I mean, this is um for, um for most of the shoot for this one too. I mean, the good thing, of course, obviously being in a studio is it can be pounding the rain outside. In fact, we shot um, some of the film at a natural at location, and one of the days there, like a a forty five kilometer an hour wind came through, and, oh. and people started to get hypothermia, and trees are falling down, oh, <laughs> no, and all sorts okay. of stuff. And that sort of day, that sort of day, where you went, oh, thank God, I'm shooting the rest of the film in a studio. So, <laughs> uh, yeah, look, of course, the studio is much more controlled, and and you don't have to worry about the elements and all that sort of stuff. So, it's got an upside as well. But um, yeah, there's just there's something I like about if you can actually get the location, it's just a little bit realer. Yeah.
0: Yeah, as a director, do you how challenging is it to wrangle the team when you're out on location or if you are doing a challenging shoot with water? I must imagine everyone's very wet all the time, uh, every day.
1: Mm.
0: <laughs> um, it must be hard to keep morale up, surely. Yeah.
1: Uh, yeah, look, there are moments. I mean, the crew's usually really good. It's just the actors have to be a little bit more sensitive with because, you know, um, inevitably they're not the ones, you know, we're all in what suits or whatever. They've got to be in, in normal clothing, so they're getting colder and then they're going to have makeup applied. And then, they, you know, so they're going through a lot more in some ways than the rest of us. You know, I don't to see the action, which could be being thrown underwater. So you've just got to be very really conscious that the actors are getting worn out a bit faster than everybody else. But the crews, you know, Australian crews are amazing. They usually just really pull together and, You know, we didn't really have much, you know, uh, any issues with crews going, "Oh, this is too cold," Mm or you know, "I'm I'm getting out of here," sort of thing. So so, yeah, no, it was just just got to look after your actors.
0: Now let's talk about the crocodiles. Um, I really appreciate uh, the methods that you use to bring them to screen because you you use this really interesting technique, um, which you know, if it's not done right, it can not look that great, but yep. you managed to have found a technique or a production yep. company or someone to manage to rotoscope or get this live-action footage of these creatures yep. in action and seamlessly stitch them in with mm. the actors. Do you want to walk us through that?
1: Yeah, sure. Um, so um, I've worked with a really great uh, special effects guy called Doug Bain, and um, this is the second film we've done. And what the process is... Um, we go and shoot the crocodile. I got work with a cameraman and this is fantastic. Uh, zoologist zoologist has got a 15-foot crocodile behind his house in Darwin. Mm-hmm. Um, and he, we, we went up and shot that crocodile. And so I shoot the crocodile and, you know, hopefully it does some good stuff and the zoologist knows how to get it to do things. And, and you know, we, we try and get as many great shots as we can in the mm-hmm. time we've got. And then we take that footage back and um, we look at what we've got and go, well, that and obviously I took the script up, so I was trying to get the crocodile to do certain thing because it, it doesn't always do them though. Right. And so we're going, well, that piece of footage will work there. And there. so it's like a big jigsaw puzzle. And you then go, well, if that crocodile's doing that, then when we film the actors, they've got to do this. And then that's what you do. And then you try and put those together in post and make sure that it all looks seamless. So that's kind of the process. Just film this crocodile first, and then you get the actors to react to what the crocodile's doing.
0: And why do you choose this method over, say, perhaps um, a, another method like just a CGI crocodile sure. or, or anything else?
1: Yeah, um, yeah. look, I, I just have this very strong belief that there's a lot of bad uh, monster movies made. And usually, you know, I always go back to this um, quote by Stephen King, once you see the zip down the monster's back, the game is over, or the film's over, the <laughs> yeah. suspension of disbelief is over. So for me, it's it's really about trying to, make it as real as possible um, and you know CG's got a lot better but it's still very to get the really good CG it's still expensive like you can get a basic animal pretty easily and cheaply but to get the stuff of you know from the shallows or those sorts of films it then becomes quite expensive to get that level of detail because CGI works more once you can do about you know various passes you get the animal's motion right and everything and then you start to get the detail and it's in the detail that human and eye can tell the difference I think um, so a lot of it's got to do with the desire just to make it feel more real and, and more dangerous, um, you know. So that's the main reason. I mean, uh, uh, you know, CGI has come a long way since I made the first um, Blackwater, and, and I'm not saying it's it's poor anymore, but it's still, for me, quite, you know, it's, I still can detect it, and I still feel when I do detect it that it's just some guy um, acting out on green screen, which then kind of kills a movie for me.
0: Now, Blackwater Abyss is obviously a sequel to the original Blackwater. Does this perhaps mean that we might be getting a sequel to The Reef in the future?
1: Yeah, look, there is talk of that, and funny to mention that I, did, I have written the script. I only, look, you know, I don't want to, as I said before, I don't want to get pigeonholed here, but the fact yeah. of the matter was, uh, and, and I never really had the intention to go back and do another crocodile film. It's just that the script came along and thought, wow being in a cave and all that darkness that's a really good fun thing to do and so um, I have been writing a reef too uh, and it's only because for me this film um, has a much bigger emotional journey and has more to say than just help I'm escaping from sharks so um, there's talk of that um, but you know there's always a lot of talk and 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 uh, things to do between the script and actually getting the film made cause financing films is difficult in this country. So, mm. yep, there's a script, but um, when it will get made is, yeah, I don't
0: know. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Well, I'll wait with bated breath on that one. Um, you, yeah. you obviously, um, in both Blackwater and Blackwater Abyss, um, I find that the characters are all yeah. quite... Multi dimensional and they're well fleshed out and they're quite grounded. Um, how important is developing a believable character to a horror film and upping the ante when it comes to the suspense?
1: Yeah, look, I think it's really important. I mean, you know, there's talk, I don't know if you know the term, but there's a thing called elevated horror, which is, or elevated genre, which is where you take a film that's just going to be you know a shark film or a crocodile film or a tiger film or whatever and then you give your characters a dilemma or a moral question that just raises that that film out of just being purely about the animal and the people surviving i mean uh, a great uh, example for me of that is, um, I think it's, I always get the title on but it's The Quiet Place, The Quiet Space, you know, that one yes. where the monsters come down that can, uh, yeah. And that, to me, is a great example of that genre, because it could have just been the monsters and the people, but because, the you know, the child dies early in the piece, and there's a girl that's deaf, and it, it becomes a lot more, it becomes about family and all, it's, all these sorts of things, so... I think it's really important if you, um, you know, there's, you don't have to have great characters in these sorts of films you don't know, want, but I think it really helps if you can elevate them a bit and make them a bit stronger so that, you know, it becomes a much more interesting film because ultimately it's about the psychology of your characters, what they're really looking at in this film, how they react and what happens to them. And um, there's a lot of cliches, you know, we always know oh, who's going to get killed first and, you know, the Control that game, but but if you can do it, you know, with characters that are a bit more real and a, and a bit more got, like you say, more depth, then it becomes just a much more interesting film.
0: Um, I suppose with with these films, a the majority of them are set in Australia, like the the Blackwater and the Reef and Blackwater mm. Abyss. Um, mm. Are you single-handedly trying to destroy Australia's tourism industry? <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, when The Reef came out, that's what the Queensland government thought. we um, <laughs> got a, bit, a lot of backlash because it's called The Reef and it's about a shark. Uh, yeah, no, I, I imagine that, you know, I, what I say, any publicity is good publicity. So let's hope that, um, you know, when 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 people can travel again to this country, they want to come and see the sharks and the crocodiles. Uh, but, yeah, I, I take your point. Um, yeah, it's not showing the nice side of the screen, is it? I should make one about koalas or something.
0: Well, they're just as dangerous, surely. <laughs> <laughs> Killer koalas. I look forward to seeing that on screens.
1: Yeah, yeah, that could be good.
0: Well, Andrew Trawkey, it's been an absolute pleasure picking your brain about Blackwater Abyss and I look forward to uh, possibly seeing The Reef 2 in cinemas in the not-too-distant future.
1: Yeah, that's right. That'd be great.
0: <laughs> Andrew, it's been a pleasure. Thanks, Thank you for your time. we got to swim out of here. Did you miss something? You cannot get in that way. What choice do I have? Crocs are territorial. He's not going to be happy till we're all gone. Whatever you do, don't splash. Do not move a muscle.